0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Inside the Firm. I'm here with Lance Ready Psycho. Lance Uh, Ready,
1: he's on the ready. He's got his reads up, he's got the outline up. I'm ready to go, Al. I just recorded a podcast with Tyler Foley. Shout out Tyler Foley, excited for him to be on the show, maybe in about six weeks. Very, very cool. Check him out. Check out this week's episode for uh, Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. It's Morgana Ray. She is a ray of
0: light. Whoa. There you go. I'm Alex, Revit Rocketship Gore. Yes.
1: Exactly who he is. Your
0: co-host. Co-host. And if you're thinking about getting on a train, don't get on a rocket ship. Trains are 19th century.
1: What do you so got? Well. Show the audience.
0: Ah, okay. If you're Speaking of rocket ships, it is a uh, Starship, big, the BFR, but they don't call it that anymore because that literally meant big effing rocket. <laughs> so classic my wife, Elon. classic Elon. Do you remember the book BFG? No. Okay, so I, I I didn't remember this book, and I had to ask my. Wife, she's reading this every night to the kids, hmm. and I go, "Does it mean big effing god giant?" She's like, she looked at me with disappointment. She says, like, "No, big friendly giant." I go, "Oh, oh wow, you're a dirty, you're <laughs> dirty, you're a dirty person." <laughs> I had no idea that. Good that that's, grief, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's good, but rocket ships move slightly faster than trains ah. if they work. Do they? And that's what you want to do when you are learning something that has a high learning curve Yep. It's that you want to learn it quick and efficient and time-tested and improved. This rocket ship will not blow up on you one because it has no fuel to blow up. Wow. It's impossible. Yeah. It's literally teaching hmm. and it's teaching from, uh, us testing it on. So it's a tested rocket ship, students, professionals and our own staff and firm. And we have high standards at this staff and this firm. Yep. You also get our template, which helps you move faster, Great buildings the way that they're built um, and literally levels up your game. So go to RevitRocketShip.com. Check it out. If you don't like it, ask for your money back. I don't think I've ever said no. Yep. That's you know it. who doesn't require you to ask for your money back because everything is free? I know who.
1: who? Should I say? Yes. Yeah, say Arcad. Arcad. BIM content should be free and you shouldn't have to give up your personal data in exchange for it. That's what ArcCat believes. That's what, that's what we believe through ArcCat. ArcCat offers data-rich objects, families, and systems for free and without registration. To sweeten the deal, you can download these files in the last four editions of Revit after maybe you've taken the, the Revit rocket Ship course in SketchUp format or DWG. Go to ArcCat.com today to enjoy the freedom. I love freedom. Al loves freedom. His middle name is Freedom. His middle middle name is Freedom. His middle 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 name is Free Freedom. That's A-R-C-A-T.com. Go check them out. Start building better content today. And if you're looking to build one of the best architectural projects that you are working on in your firm right now, and I know a lot of you are, we are, it's a booming industry right now. I want you to go to uh, PellaLuxury.com forward slash inside the firm to experience a brand like them that you've never experienced before. The collection of brands within the luxury division of Pella are the conversation starters. I'm here to tell you that is a fact, Jack, because we just had Alicia and Jim over at our firm. Uh, If you're following us on social media, you'd have noticed that uh, we held a little get-together. Well, happy hour, customer appreciation. We had some of our uh, potential build clients in uh, to the the event, and we got to take a look at all of the brands over at PellaLuxury.com forward slash inside the firm, or forward slash the firm, excuse me, and we got to look at all of them. We got to look at Bonelli. We got to look at Duratherm. We got to look at Graybill. We got to look at the Riley Architectural Series. And they are absolutely beautiful. The price point changes for each of these, but the beauty, the sophistication, the the ability of them to be the pioneers of the industry, uh, to provide window and door solutions to the discerning architects, the builders industry, and beyond comes through those brands, Check those out. I'm telling you, you're doing yourself a disservice by not uh, checking out and giving those guys a shot. They are fast, friend. They are fast, friendly, and they will enable you to make your designs excel uh, in in no other way possible. I'm telling you guys, uh, they have decades of experience creating things no one else in the world is creating, and the collection of brands are brought together to complement and build on one another. I promise you, they do. They don't push beyond the limits. They set them. So explode. Explore Pella luxurycom forward slash The Firm today. Let me know what you think. Send me a note. Al?
0: Awesome. Well, there's something about zombies coming up. Oh, this I don't is, know why we're this talking is about fun, zombies. Yeah.
1: So uh, I'm going to get the screen recording going here. I've got a little uh, article to share with the audience. If you're watching on the YouTube, I highly encourage you to watch on the YouTube um, simply because then you'll be able to see Al's beautiful punam. his beautiful yeah. starship what? shirt, <laughs> And, and my wife's half Jewish, and that means face
0: doesn't it yes it means face out and is this just a word like you heard you're like this is the coolest it's on
1: word. austin powers
0: yeah but that was like 20 years ago and i'm 20 old. years ago i'm old do you have any movie recommendations i have zero
1: movie recommendations for yeah. this weekend i apologize uh actually into the wild
0: watch that show you ever watch that show is that the one where the guy goes and gets lost and then dies in the van he dies don't do that. Do that. I mean, don't do that, but you should watch that movie. Okay. Doesn't it seem boring and depressing? Ah, uh, it's very depressing.
1: But you know what it's going to make you do? Hug those little boys. I'll squeeze them. Oh, we're going to take those kids and be like, I'm not letting you go to
0: Alaska and die. Squeeze the piss out I'm of doing them. doing that. Because that's what they're <laughs> doing. They're <laughs> okay. One of them. Yes. All over the place.
1: So, uh, on the big screen here and on your screen, if you're watching on YouTube, I have a little article pulled up. I'm actually pulling this up. So it's called Social Media Zombies and the 2% Solution. And that might not, that might sound silly, but if you look at what I'm showing here on the screen, it looks uh, silly. They have it's it's a nice piece of artwork. It's called Customer Service versus Zombies. Obviously, oh. this is a customer service firm. Al Al might be new to that.
0: Uh information. no, 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 no. What just happened to me today? With I have to call him out simply safe.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> so there goes that sponsor forever was one (laughs) hey
0: our our security pad was not working so they called me and Mm -hmm. they asked me what my code was and then apparently it wasn't the right secret code so then they just hung up on me and called the cops other than like because my code could literally be very close variations of the same thing it's like yeah i think you were sleeping what was going on
1: i was not I was just not ready to start the day with double security issues. <laughs> anyway, nobody broke in. It's all good. It's just yeah, uh, something broke. So, uh, customer service, right? This is where our customer-based uh, professionals. A lot of folks listening are customer-based uh, based professionals, and uh, we every every week. There every day. There's new challenges. There's reviews, good, bad. Working with people, managing people. And uh, one of the one of our construction workers actually used to work at, at a Best Buy. And he gave me a very interesting statistic that I tried to look up last night because I was like, this is so perfect for some of the stuff Al had on the outline today plus just what we've been working with recently. And that is that 2% of your customers will never, ever be happy. In fact, they'll hate you. And wow, there's, and there's nothing, 2%? And there's nothing you can do about it. So back to the article here. So it's basically, if you're looking for this article, it's... That's what he said or that's what you found? That's what he said, and then it, that's what I found, and it, it was true. I couldn't I believe, believe it. Shout out Michael Baca. Uh, love you for knowing that statistic. Um, Michael Baca is our construction one of our construction foremans. And so if you're looking for this article, it, just Google social media zombies and the 2% solution and I'm going to read some of it for you here. It's pretty short, and I think it's—I think you'll like it, Al. I'm actually going to read part of it because...
0: Right, don't read the whole thing. There's,
1: a, there's part of it I want to refute, actually. Uh, so this article is also seven years old. So I think we've evolved since then, and I don't, I don't believe in... If most people are telling me to do something, I'm going to do the opposite, and Al is much the same. Yes. So I've spent... So from the article, I've spent most of my career in sales and marketing and have been fairly obsessive about customer satisfaction, but it occurred to me that some of my long-held beliefs about keeping customers happy have expired. Social media zombies have turned the world of service upside down. Maybe it's time to take a new look. How have the rules changed? A few years ago, I was in charge of reinventing a customer service department for a large company. During the process, I searched for all the help I could get from experts and published best practices. The most important paper I found came from the University of Michigan Business School. Pause. Anybody listening out there who could possibly get me this paper, I would be very interested in reading it in depth. I'm telling you. So, so if anybody has ever heard of this paper from the University of Business, Business University of Michigan Business School, even the author of this article, I'll scroll down here um, real quick and give you a, a look. There's some feedback. Yeah. So somebody wrote, "Greetings. Uh, I'm looking for the bibliographic biblio, bibliographic reference of the cited paper from the University of Michigan Business School." About the cost benefit analysis of trying to achieve 100% customer satisfaction. Thank you in advance to anyone who may be able to give me the future, the reference. The author wrote back and goes, I've been able, unable to find it. It's buried in my old work files somewhere, but I could not find it. So, total bummer, but I really email you at email me at lmc at f9productions.com. That's lmc at f9productions.com. So, back to the article. The most important paper I found, this is the article, uh, came from the University of Michigan Business School. They studied the cost versus benefit of trying to achieve 100% customer satisfaction and came up with two important conclusions. Number one, the cost of satisfying most customers is very low. Most people simply want to be acknowledged and assured that the problem is being addressed.
0: Just good, normal business, right? A hundred percent. I learned that young thank you. because- thank you. Every job that I did, you know, they'd either call me back or say I did a great job. And I was like, I thought I was just doing normal stuff. Mm-hmm. This goes for young people. This is what's so crazy. My wife is very mad at most babysitters because they're, Jeez. she's tried 16 to like 21 year olds or even like 14 year olds because they're babies. Um, and one of them's older. And like, they don't respond to texts on time, they don't respond to phone calls within days. A lot of times they show up late and it's like, oh, respond, communicate, show Be up punctual. on time. Like, also, a lot of times, I'm sorry to go on this rant. It's uh, like, no, no, well, I want you to. Here's pizza. Here's a movie they're into. Make sure they don't kill themselves somehow. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Anyways, take that very serious, simple, but very yeah. simple, but profound, 100%.
1: People just want to be acknowledged and assured that the problem is being addressed. So if you're a service-based co- company like us, you have to stay on top of communication. Again, it always it really comes back to communication. If you're not establishing some kind of rule within your firm or company like we do, uh, get back to people within one one hour if possible. During the business day, if you can't do that 24 hours, other than that, it is unacceptable. You have to be able to, you have to touch base with people. Now, if you get back to somebody within 24 hours and they don't get back to, or you're, or you're initiating a communication, my next rule of thumb is I don't think we have this written anywhere, else. I'm going to give them two days to respond to me. If they don't, I think it's appropriate. I don't think you harass them the next day. Give them no. a 48 to 72 hours just to, Hey, just making sure you got it. Just making sure. Number two, back to the article. The other conclusion was that less than 2% of your customers are probably, quote, haters who will never be satisfied no matter what you do. Yes. They will yeah. try to game you for more goodies, harass you even if you respond, and just be an annoying pain in the patootie because that is how they get
0: attention. Yes, this just happened to my wife. Bingo. Bingo. She's, she's selling stuff. She's actually selling my old baseball card, stuff like that. Yep. And a guy goes, this is fake. And back in the nineties, oh that was legit. Goodness. And that, that's, that's oh how, that's goodness. how you started. Yeah. Al's other got than, time like, to fake stuff. Get the F. Other than asking like, Hey, from the early nineties, was this Ken Griffey autograph signed by a ballpoint pen, fake machine thing? Like, n- no, in the nineties, they were not doing like early nineties. Anyways, I just told her and she she even blocked him like he's just trying to razzle you and then this is his game and then get it for a low price.
1: Literally, this is the this is the game. This is what the problem. One of the problems with social media is
0: it's a game to people. Here's the other thing. Let's say he successfully did that. He's not going to leave a positive review. You know what I mean? He's not going to be like this person's great or hey, I'm going to come back and buy their stuff for legit continual harassment. You just engage with a continual harassment. Yep. So there's three
1: little, three more things I want to read, and then we're done with this article. But I want Al, I want you to tell me if you where you where in this part you either continue to agree or start to disagree. So this is this was this was my, I loved what was said so far, and this is backed up by again some paper from Michigan University. Please somebody send it to me. The researcher, back to the article. The researcher's conclusion was that in most cases it is economically unwise to try to shoot for 100% customer satisfaction. Because an inordinate amount of your resources will be tied up in that difficult 2%. Law of diminishing returns. Bingo. The implication is, go ahead and lose them. Because they are too expensive to maintain. Now, unfortunately, that advice is probably no longer valid. Because in an era where every person can publish, Mm. post, tweet, the haters... May very well continue to control the conversation. They don't go away. They attack, attack, attack. Like social media zombies. Yeah. You can no longer ignore them. Every business needs a solution for that 2% they used to be able to ignore.
0: What's the solution?
1: Well, did I, did? I was there a point? I heard that. I heard the groan. Is that where you disagreed? Because that's where I disagreed.
0: Well, Because
1: that's what's so weird is he's like, Don't, uh, let's see here, even if, so he, in the, previously he said, uh, harass you even if you respond. So don't respond. Like, why are you even giving these people, these zombies any attention? Yeah. Uh. It's like Medusa. Do you remember Medusa? The only way she could, wasn't Medusa, if you looked at her face, then she would turn you into stone?
0: Uh, what? If you look back at her. Yes. Yeah. So don't give her her attention. Don't look at her. Yeah. That's very interesting. Very wise story. Um, here, I got to read this. My advice is shut it down. Solve the shipping problem. Build a customer service strategy that can handle the toxic 2%. Mm-mm. Okay. This is where I disagree. With him. With him. Yeah. Be- because he- here's my... Uh, I, I'm just going to use my wife as example because it came up kind of recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the post office shipped one of her things to the wrong state and said it was delivered. Neat. She got right on it. was very like
2: Proactive. cordial.
0: Yep. Was dealing with the post office. You know, that's not fun. You know, that's not easy. You know, they've hung up on her like two or three times and, and directed her to the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And she's like, how is it shipped? How is it delivered if it's not even in the right state? Anyways, finally got figured out. Finally got to the guy. Guy said, hey, no worries. Thanks for doing all this. I appreciate your responsiveness and your professionalism. Yep. That's not always going to be the case. Meaning, yes, you can do what's right. You should do what's right and you should try to solve it. There will be another person that will say, hey, this was late. I want all of my money back. Or and... Let's say let's say you cave and give them all of their money back, even though you had to work harder to solve a problem that mm-hmm. isn't really yours, but you're taking responsibility for yep. it because it's, it's your company. Do you think they're going to say, hey, that's great. They gave me back all of my money. I now like them. They're awesome. Maybe. Maybe. But there is a 2% or 1%. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, nope, they're late. I had to deal with this. I had to. I'm never uh, forgetting you. Yep. I'm never forgetting this. Yep. Uh. So the law of diminishing returns. So I don't know if it is advice is to shut down the toxic two percent is physically possible mm-hmm. or monetarily possible. Mm-hmm. So it might just be the you, you gotta ignore them. Like, what is is LeBron James ever gonna change the people that hate him? No, LeBron sucks. <laughs> Michael Jordan greater than LeBron all day,
1: every way, in every single way. Space yep. Jam 2, you name it. Uh, there's people that hate
0: Jordan. See People ever gonna... are... I'm serious. Is he ever going to change those 2 or 1%? No. Especially if he repeatedly destroyed your team. <laughs> <laughs> and your team was so good. And if it wasn't for that stupid Michael Jordan, yep. you would be champions. Yep. Darn him. <laughs> yeah. Looking at you Celtics. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Um, so
1: I think you I think you ignore them.
0: I don't buy. I mean that. Look, I think you try to fix the problem, and then you ignore them. You know what I mean? Like you. That's your attempt. Exactly. Just know
1: you're like you are not. Are zombies ever not hungry for brains? No,
0: that's the point. They do say brains a lot. <sighs> there
1: you go. I think that was interesting. Again, if somebody has that uh, paper, I would just I I'm looked very hard. For the in the past twenty four hours, for it could not find it, could not. I there was multiple references to it. People even put them in their, um, uh, you know, we have the site sources and white papers and stuff. They would, but there was never any links. It was just it's this vague thing. But I would really love to just make sure that I believe it's
0: true though. Yep. Well, here is another thing. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know how. Like. <laughs> I'm wondering, I'm wondering this. Tell me if you think that I'm, I'm correct. Okay. Okay. Tesla had problems with, uh, panel gaps. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, they're making a new car. It's hard to do, blah, blah, blah. Um, I go, oh man, you can't, like, it's very hard to change that out in in the field. Right. So how did, how, how did they get away with that? Like some panel gaps are bigger, some panel gaps are smaller. Right then like i saw on this tesla thing you know they have the handles that are flat you know to the thing mm-hmm. so the handles inset you're not an inset but whatever and then there's space around it because it has to be able to move one of them was like the gap between that and the panel was a 16th one was probably 2 16th. and the guy was like should i have them come and fix this or like is this good and like over half the people like what is wrong with you <laughs> what are you talking like you should shut the hell up yeah Other people are like, no, they should, they should come fix it. Like they need to come fix this, like barely imperfect, you know what I'm trying to say, perceptible thing, right? Perceivable. Right. But there's going to be people that perceive that and that's fine. That's fine. And I wonder if this is the the solution, right? Especially this is manufacturing over. Hey, if you don't like the panel gaps, like, um, there is a standard for, for tolerance. And there is a standard for tolerance for everything, but feel free to return your car for your money back. And if you'd like another car, feel free to then purchase that car with your money back. And I'm sure that's all they say, but then it's getting to the logic like, okay, if it happens again, if you don't like our car with our standards, with whatever, then, then you don't like our car. You don't like our product Then return it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, You can't really, you know, it's hard to return things all the time or in, in, but like, and you can't use that as a blanket excuse, but it's going to like even machined, like put together things. And I'm not saying that they made their panels perfect or anything like that, but like, there has to be like, oh, you just don't like, you just don't like what we provide you, you know, car drives itself, runs on nothing, but there's this little gap. Okay. If that's that you don't like our cars don't mm-hmm. buy our cars mm-hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah
1: so take that for what it's worth yeah there you go now you're up next okay
0: <clears throat> complicated projects tips for success oh you changed my title Changed my title okay.
1: uh the only thing
0: I, you mean for the episode today yeah yes I hijacked it <laughs> okay I literally, we have went through some very complicated projects and I think there's some lessons that we learned and I think there's some things that will help people out, right? What are complicated projects, right? There's what you talked about. There's no pleasing everyone. They're very difficult, which Mm. means they're very time consuming. They Mm. might be risky. Mm -hmm. They might be large. Like complicated projects are complicated. How do you tackle a complicated project, right? What's your thought pattern for complicated? Setting yourself up for success. Yep. One is complexity. Breeds cost. Just does. We've covered this like in other ways, like density breeds cost. Breeds increase cost. Yes. Increase costs, Okay. Yep. But costs are increased in the, you can say it either way. Yeah. If you're
1: breeding costs,
0: well, obviously yeah. you're breeding a cost and yeah. the cost is going to, yeah. Yep. So what that means is let's say it's a complicated project, but something you've already done at a less complicated thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Scale. 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 Don't think, you cannot easily assume that scale is going to drive down costs. Agreed. Because there's a bell curve to this. Yes. There's a bell curve. 100%. Meaning like, okay, I can produce one unit at 100,000. Oh, I'm going to do 10 units. They're going to be 100,000? No, no, no. They're going to be 150,000. Maybe if you do 100. Oh, okay. Yeah. A hundred, then you get it to 75,000 using ballpark numbers, Mm -hmm. but know that it breeds costs, right? So that is a tip is that do not fall into the fallacy of just because you're increasing a little bit, you're going to get that scale effect. No, no, no. You're going to increase costs until you get over that bell curve, right? Yeah. Two, complexity breeds time delays Mm -hmm. because you have to coordinate multiple people. They're it's complex project. They're standing on top of each other. They are, it's complex. So they aren't remembering all, all the pieces or they don't have them easily available because it's a specialty thing. So what does that mean? If you've done something one time and you think like, Hey, this complex problem is, is going to take, you know, like we're going to get all these efficiencies in time. Do not assume that. Do not assume that. Know that there's When you do a complex project, you need to add more of a buffer for time, just like you have to add more of a buffer for money. So put that in there from the beginning. So these complicated projects don't crush you. Okay. Uh, Tip number three lines up the rule of three, right? So let's just talk development projects. There's, there's kind of a, there's levels to this, right? So there's like the financial complexity level, there's the operational complexity level, mm-hmm. how things are operating, and then the technical, like nails, bolts, screws level, right? And the rule of three is get three different opinions on all these financials. Bring it to three developer friends, three money people, three banks, three private, people. get three perspectives on what you're doing operational remember hey how, how does the sewer and all this stuff hook up call call two contractors call three con- call two contractors and watch one video sure uh you're doing something like on the detail level <clears throat> on the technical level like i will watch three videos of the same thing because one person might miss something one might come from a different angle what well, i think the miss part is very important
1: Yeah. yep and the other thing and not be not that they miss something in their process that makes their what they are trying to accomplish fail but they literally missed it in in the video they missed it in the video or just overlooked it brushed by it and it's like oh man how was that you dude lady you missed that
0: yeah or maybe there maybe there's a difference between like hey they're building a. Uh, this is going to be a stupid example, but like a barn wall versus a house wall versus a com- commercial level wall. And let's say they're using wood for all of them for some reason, but oh, the way you do that is slightly different than that. And he didn't mention that because he's out in a barn out in the middle of nowhere. So he just had his lumber just put anywhere, but I'm in a, a site. And that third guy said, you're in the city. Hey, you're building walls. Do you think you're building walls? Where are you putting that wood? Oh, I didn't think about that. The barn guy didn't tell me about that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So that is the rule of three is three different perspectives. Call people up, wrap your head around those issues, right? So those are my three tips is know that complexity breeds cost. So plan for that. Know that time complexity breeds time delays. Count for that. And then the rule of three get three different perspectives on the different levels that you're doing
1: before you basically are jumping in and coming up with a plan that's the idea with all of this
0: yep okay yep. but on the technical one it's like you're not going to research wall framing like when you're doing planning layout sure right um so the tip is <laughs> don't not do it so many people are telling people not to do stuff don't do it, can't do it, can't build a rocket that can land on You've never on done itself.
1: that before. Well, if nobody ever does, if nobody ever takes a leap and does something that they've never done before, like, does anything get done? Good uh, Good lord. Honestly, right. I, I, I I really hate that uh, criticism. Well, you guys have never done that before. That's why That's why something happened. Yeah, maybe part of it, but like, if, if nobody did, again, if nobody did, if nobody did anything, if nobody took the leap, then nothing would get done. Yep. Get make make Get your a dreams
0: a, a reality, or as Willy Wonka says, make reality a dream.
1: There you go. right? Haters. Haters. Want some good news? Yes.
0: <laughs> you know how you're uh, so pro-nuclear energy?
1: Yeah. If we aren't, uh, look, um, here's a, just a fact. If if you are concerned about climate change and you aren't pro-nuclear, I don't even want to hear the rest of your opinion. Get out of here.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Do you know, and I can say it, do you know the difference between fusion and fission?
1: Isn't fission, so sorry. Fusion is we are uh, is the opposite, right? So we're splitting okay. atoms in fission.
0: Correct. And we're putting them together with fusion? Correct. We're fusing them. We're okay. Fusing them. So fission is the nuclear bomb. You split atoms. Fizz it, fizzes out. Fusion, you're doing the sun. The sun is gravity, the sun. Oh, I'm just gonna smash yeah. these suckers together and they're gonna combine and release a whole bunch of energy. Yeah. So it's like combined to fuse it or hit it to break it apart like nuclear bomb right so we have done nuclear power plants are nuclear they're not nuclear bombs but they are fission fission out fusion is harder because you're basically making the sun you know the temperature that they have to get this it's uh and they use hydrogen they use uh the components of freaking of seawater, right so like the material is not an issue it's not uranium you know Mm Do you know how hot they need to get it? How hot? Just guess. Just guess a number of how hot.
1: 10,000 degrees.
0: Close. 100 million. You weren't even wow, close at all. very close. You were not even close. I'm going to a- win. 100 million degrees. So, <clears throat> here's the problem. 100 million degrees is going to melt anything. Sure. It's the. It's literally the sun. Yep. So, these particles are electro electronically charged, so you need... This is what's crazy. This is the good news. You need a magnet to hold this away from touching anything because it will literally melt anything that ever existed. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is that to get a magnet powerful enough to hold a 100 million degree stuff, you have to make a magnet that is gigantic. That's very huge and uses power. And all of a sudden, you're putting in way too much power than what you're getting in. Well, MIT says, hold my beer. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. You guys are using a um, a, a warm, su- high-temperature superconducting electromagnet. Nice. A couple years ago, they came up with a, a cool temperature mm. superconducting, and it's 10 times more efficient, so we can make a small magnet, bring down the scale of it, bring down the cost of it, this magnet can hold that hundred million degrees. And now instead of making like a nuclear power plant, you know how big they are. They cost like Giant. four six, eight plus the approval dollars. process is nuts. Yep. That's what's holding it back again. The government. Yep. We can make them smaller, like literally the size of this, this, this building and then make a bunch of them that gives us economy of scales and it doesn't pollute at all. And it doesn't even have the radioactiveness of it. If anything breaks, Uh, which would probably be those magnets, that 100 million degrees is probably going to burn down the whole machine, just melt it, right? But once you melt the machine, it's no longer can make it hot. So it just melts on that machine. Now you have a bunch of metal there that's now melted, and it's done. Like, that's the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you you broke your whole machine and you melted it. That's too bad. Don't do that next time. Yeah. Rather than you broke machine, radioactive stuff is... Going all over the place. Even though they they they've solved that. Yeah. Like for people that don't know, they solved it so that it turns itself off now. Like the old ones, yeah, problem. New ones, if you want to still be green, f- fission, it ju- will just turn itself off. Fusion, no fission. fission. Yeah, fission, fission. You're right. Yep. Yeah. But anyone, this is like to get a nuclear fusion like in a normal size that you can mass produce and works. And has more energy potential and and no ramifications, like that's game changing. No mention of carbon tax in
1: that little rant. Mostly mention of technology to get us out of this problem.
0: Mm. I like it. And <laughs> sorry, I know some people hate capitalists or or they won't they won't say that they'll just say oh, they make too much money. There are multiple groups putting in hundreds of millions of dollars into different companies to make this work guess what only one or two of them are going to win the rest of those hundred million are going to educate a bunch of scientists who are going to go work for the company that won Mm -hmm. but they're going to lose their money Mm -hmm. so if you invest a hundred million dollars into one of these who who do you think should get the reward for that me i don't know us
1: Uh, whoever wins
0: no, and if it wins, the guy that put in the $100 million the person. It depends on their agreement. I don't know well. <laughs> oh, it's a simple question. If you invest in a company and it succeeds. Yeah.
1: If my what agreement, is. right. So if I put money, if I invest in money in something, I have an agreement with you, presumably. Yeah. I should reap the benefits. Yeah, sure.
0: But And then also, when it doesn't work out, then you I lose. also lost $100 yep. million.
1: That's the risk that's the risk you know who I would uh, is going to do invest in this podcast
0: here shortly now uh, Nick he is with Nick re- with his voice and time in his brain you got it let's
1: hear uh, oh yeah clearly his golden his golden voice is an investment every week and yeah. inside the firm so here we go let's hear that investment.
2: Hello best friends I hope you all had a great week this week of reading. I walked through a country courthouse square. On a park bench, an old man was sitting there. I said, your courthouse has kind of run down. He said, nah, it'll do for this little town. I said, your old flagpole has leaned a little bit, and that's a ragged old flag you got hanging on it. He said, have a seat, and I sat down. Is this the first time you've been in our little town? I said, I think it is. He said, I don't like to brag. But we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag. You see, we got a little hole in that flag there when Washington took it across the Delaware. And it got powder burned the night Francis Scott Key sat watching it writing, Say Can You See? And it got a bad rip in New Orleans with Packingham and Jackson tugging at its seams. And it almost fell at the Alamo besides the Texas flag. But she waved on though. She got cut with a sword in Chancellorsville, and she got cut again in Shiloh Hill. There was Robert E. Lee, Beauregard, and Bragg, and the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag. On Flanders Field in World War I, she got a big hole from a Bertha gun. She turned blood red in World War II. She hung limp and low a time or two. She was in Korea and Vietnam. She went where she was sent by her Uncle Sam. She waved from our ships upon the briny foam. And now they've about quit waving back here at home. In her own good land, here she's been abused. She's been burned, dishonored, denied, and refused. And the government for which she stand has scandalized throughout the land. And she's getting threadbare and she's wearing thin. But she's in good shape for the shape she's in. Because she's been through the fire before. And I believe she can take a whole lot more. So we raise her up every morning and we take her down every night. We don't let her touch the ground and we fold her upright. On second thought, I do like to brag. Because I'm mighty proud of that ragged old flag. Johnny Cash
1: Tootles. Toodles! Johnny Cash. Surprise. I did not see that coming.
2: Nope, me neither.
1: Very nice. That was fantastic. I need to put my flag back up. I don't have the screw to the little holder, so it's just been uh, it's just been hanging out. Not on the floor. It's upright, just folded properly and all that.
0: If only we had like a place with multiple screws. I don't even know what a screw is. Like hundreds, possibly thousands. <laughs> At your fingertips. Yeah. Maybe
1: that'll be. Uh, maybe there'll be a screw question coming up, Al. What do we got?
0: What do we got next? We have Aerie Jeopardy. Let's bring down the team. Bring them down. Question one. Make it big so I can see. In the IRC, the stair landing length. Landing length is measured from, and this is from a stair that has a landing and then continues to be a stair. Does it make sense? Is measured from, is it A, nosing to nosing? B, run to run? C, framing to framing? Or D, the length of the railing that is horizontal to the landing surface? Okay. A, B, A. It is A from the nosing to the nosing. I thought I was going to trick him up with that long D answer, but no. Fooled no one. Uh, Question two. Uh, The top plate ends in conventional wood framing should be offset by what distance? So, to restate it, in conventional wood framing, the top plates, where they end up, should be offset by what difference? Because there's two top plates. Is it A, a minimum of 12 inches? B, a minimum of six inches? C, a minimum of 24 inches? Or D, a minimum of 36 inches? A, B, A, it is C, two feet, 24 inches. Did the architects get it? One did? All right. Lance is up.
1: All right. Number three. The owner of a building has requested to paint their new vinyl windows a different color during construction. How should you advise the owner? A, just say yes. The customer is always right. B, just say no. You are the architect and you know better than them, aesthetically speaking. C, acknowledge their request but consult the manufacturer's window warranty before advising either way. Or D, acknowledge a request and forward it Onto the contractor, advising the contractor to consult the manufacturer's window warranty. Any repeats or are we good? I feel like we're good on that one. What do we got? We have D, C, C. Correct answer is D. Great job. Uh, So acknowledge the request and forward it on to the contractor advising. Manufacturer's window warranty. You can void a warranty just by painting a window, believe it or not. Number four, what is the minimum length a euphorod needs to be in contact with the rebar of a foundation should you use this method in your design? Is it A, 15 feet, B, 20 feet, C, 20 or sorry, let me repeat this. Is it A, 15 feet, B, 10 feet, C, 20 feet, D, 30 feet? What is the minimum length a euphorod needs to be in contact with the rebar of a foundation should you use this method in your design? A, 15 feet. B, 10 feet. C, 20 feet. D, 30 feet. We have B, A, B. Correct answer is C, 20 feet. Look at that. I feel like we got a winner
0: already. No tiebreaker. We have two. One one, one. one. Jason, where are we going to eat? We already picked. I don't know even know if you know. I don't know. Culver's. Culver's. Yay. Great suggestion.
1: Awesome. If you, anything to add, Al? Are we good? Can I sign off? We got to head to Culver's. Okay, we got to head to Culver's. Uh, If you like this episode, please share it with a friend, family member, colleague, whatever it takes. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to smash that like button. Subscribe, leave us a comment. If you are listening to Restorated on one of the various platforms, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, please also leave us a five-star review, like it, comment. We will see you next week.